Amen. Luke chapter 22. Verse 32 is the scripture that we've been looking at for the past couple of weeks. And it is the foundation for which we are going to uh, launch into the new year as we build upon our faith. We talked about for quite some time this year the ability to endure. And we started off the year talking about God doing a new thing. And in the process of us uh, patiently waiting on God to do a new thing, uh, inevitably, some people's faith wavered, some people fell off, and some people just gave up. Amen. Some people got discouraged and frustrated, irritated, flustered, and everything else. And so the Holy Spirit uh, led me to begin to talk about that word endure. And it all builds upon our faith. So as we look at Luke 22 and 32, And we'll back up a little bit to 31 where it says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to sift you or to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And so we went on to talk about the greatest weapon that you have is your faith. If you don't have anything else, you should have your faith. And so, the thing about faith is that we're learning is that your faith has to be tested. So, we'll back up and look a little bit at this story from the perspective of Matthew. Matthew, in chapter 26, tells this same story of Simon. And what happened is, Simon is making some confessions, and he's saying to Jesus, I'll die for you. I'll go to the end for you. I'll go to the grave for you. I'll do whatever I have to do for you. And so Jesus tells him that you made that confession, and now it's going to be tested. So the first point that I'll make to you is that God never uses anything that he has not tested. He never uses anything that he has not tested. If you made that confession or that bold statement that you have faith, then you should not be surprised that your faith is being tested. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. You'll see that Jesus was even tested. Matthew chapter 4 verse number 1. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. He was led in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungered, or afterward he was a hungered. So everybody see then that the very first thing that the Holy Spirit did in the life of Jesus was not to lead him away from the test, but to lead him 
to the test. And so, even though the heavens have opened up and people heard that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So all of these people are witnesses that God is well pleased with his son. God still says, but I got to test you. Because God will never entrust anything to you that he cannot trust you with. And so even though you now have the Holy Spirit, I now have to test you to make sure that you have or you're able to handle what I need you to have. And so a lot of times the reason that we don't possess what we desire to possess is because we made the confession and we made the profession that this is what we want. We made this confession that this is what we want. I am whole. I am complete. I lack nothing. Well, at the moment that you make that confession, watch this, it may not be the enemy that's tempting you, but it may be God that's testing you. But the thing that I think will make us okay with this is that the same thing that got you in is the same thing that's going to get you out. It was your faith that led you to even make the confession. And just with he, as he did with Simon, it's your faith that's going to take you through it. He didn't pray for him and say, I'm praying that you are healed. I'm praying that this or praying that. But rather he said, I prayed for you. And the prayer that I prayed is that your faith would not fail. The question that I ask tonight is not only do you have the ability to believe God. Because I know that you have the ability, you have the capacity. But the question that I ask is do you have the audacity to believe God? That when everything in your life is contradictory to what you've confessed, can you believe him now? Your faith has not been tested if your faith has allowed you to be comfortable. But you can trust God when you have a job to go to. You can trust him when you have a check that's coming in. You can trust him when you're feeling okay. You can trust him when your kids are acting right. You can trust him when your marriage is fruitful and prosperous. You can trust him when business is good. You can trust him when church and business is flourishing. But can you trust him when the bottom's falling out? That's the question that I have for Can you sustain? Because it was easy for Simon to say it while everything was good. Jesus, I'll run for you. I'll go to the grave with you. If they come for you, they're going to have to take me down first. And Jesus looks at him and tells him, you're getting ready to go through something. Let's see if your faith is going to be able to stand up under the test. So that's the question for us. Is that can your faith stand up under the test? So we went to Mark chapter 9. And we found a man in Mark chapter 9 that had a son who had a spirit and he went to the disciples to see if the disciples could cast his spirit out of his son. We know the story. It's very familiar. The disciples couldn't cast the spirit out of the son. So here comes Jesus from the mountain. And he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, if you can help us, have compassion on us. Look at somebody and tell them it was just a test. 
and so this man now is, is wondering, he's thinking, because he's thinking about his circumstances, he's thinking about the things that he's been taught, the things that he's learned, everything that he had to go through, and he's having to put all of that aside, because this thing now has become impossible. It's something about us, when we can do it, we feel like we don't need God. That's why a lot of us, God can't give us a lot of stuff, because as soon as we get the stuff, we're going to need him. We would start trusting trusting the riches instead of trusting the one who gave us the riches. And so he said the man has now faced something. He's facing something that is impossible for him to do. And because it's impossible for him to do, I want you to notice something. And we're no different from this man and we're no different from the woman with the issue of blood. This man now has no other result. He has nobody else to turn to. He has nobody else to run to. And so he finally says, look, I tried the disciples. We've been like this from, since he was a child. If you can do something, then help us. Yeah. The woman with the issue of blood had been to all of the doctors in her region. She visited all the finest physicians. She's been everywhere. As a matter of fact, she's exhausted her finances. And finally, as a last result, she says, can you help me? She says to herself, if I could touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She was in a situation where the test had gotten to be too much for her. And now she says, I must give it to somebody that I believe can handle this issue. And so therefore taking her from the impossible into the possible. But what happens is, it's usually the test that will push us. If it were not for the test, many of us would not have any type of faith. As a matter of fact, I made this statement and I make it again. Your faith is only as strong as the test it endures. Your faith is only as strong as the test it endures. And so we see that Jesus tells Peter, he tells Simon, he says, you're going to have to go through something, you're going to experience some things, but I need you to understand that I prayed for you, and what I prayed for you is not that your circle gets stronger, not that you find some prayer warriors, but I prayed for you because your greatest asset during this time is going to be your faith. And so Romans chapter 1 tells us this in verse 17, that we are to go from faith to faith. So that lets us know that your faith should be at all times growing. Your faith should ever be increasing. If your faith is at the same level that it was at when you first began, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you will never receive from God what you cannot believe God for. So if you're still at an elementary level but you're believing God for graduate level things, you won't get it because you can't believe him past what you, what you have heard and what you believe. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So how does my faith continuously increase then? How does my faith continue to grow? My faith must increase because I must spend time in the word. What you are hearing gives you confidence. The reason that most believers don't get or don't have is because they don't have confidence. That word faith simply means confidence. Who are you putting your confidence and your trust in? If you're putting your trust and your confidence in your spouse or in yourself or in your job or in your condition, then that's the source of your faith. That's where your faith comes from. So the question has to be asked, where does your faith come from? The next question that has to be asked 
is what is the, uh, the objection or the object of your faith. If the object of your faith is your job, then when your job fails, your mood changes. When things don't go right in your house, your mood changes because you put your faith in that person and not in God. You should always have as the source of your faith, God. That way, no matter if it fails, if it, whatever happens, I know he can't fail. Therefore, my faith is always secure. When you start putting faith in people and trust in people and people let you down, then you find yourself being tossed and turned. Just like the waves of the sea or the winds of, or the winds of air. You'll find yourself tossed to and fro because you trusted in different things. You shouldn't even trust in a church. Shouldn't trust in a pastor. You should not. And I won't say trust. Don't put your faith in those things. Your faith has one source, and that source should be God. The object of your faith should only be God. The object of your faith determines the quantity of your faith. If you put your faith in me, then your faith will only be as being as I am. But if you put your faith in God, that means that your faith now must become limitless. I'll prove it to you. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Jesus begins to talk to his disciples and he has to answer a question for them. Because they ask a question. They say, well, who can be saved then? And he says to them, well, with God or with man, this may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With man, this thing may seem impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Well, something that we need to get to the point where we understand. And what faith does is takes you from the natural realm into the supernatural realm. You cannot bring your senses into this. If you are going to be moved by what you see, your faith is going to dissipate. If you're going to be moved by how you feel, then your faith will dissipate. Your senses will deceive you because your senses are working against your faith. Go back to Mark chapter 9. Watch what this man is dealing with. He's dealing with his son. He's dealing with some circumstances that his son is, 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 is in a position to where he can't do anything for himself. And the father needs Jesus to help him. But he's in a position to where he says, I do believe, but I have some stuff that I, I, I just don't quite grasp. I, I need you to help my unbelief. So his logic, number one, is working against him. There are some of us who look at the things that we go through and our logic will hinder us from receiving from God. What is your logic? There are some things that you are believing God for that just are not logical. Well, what's not logical? Science is not. Science works against what faith is. When you start looking at science and you start looking at logic, you will believe science before you believe God. If they give you a report that puts out some statistics, you'll believe those statistics before you'll believe God. So your faith then is challenged by the things that you hear. Do you have the faith that when you hear bad news, you counter the bad news with the good news? When I hear bad things, do I counter the bad things with the good thing that I know? That's what you call faith. Not waiting until something happens or something materializes. That's not faith. 
Faith believes it before it materializes. Yes, that's right. So then we walk by faith and not by... See, we know those scriptures and we know how to call them out. But yet and still, when it comes to believing God, we most times are bound by things that we see. We're bound by circumstances. We'll be bound by conditions. We'll be bound by reason or things that we've been taught or have not been taught. We'll find ourselves bound by circumstances and reality. So Jesus has to ask the question. The man says to him, if you can do anything, I need you to help us. I need you to have compassion on us. And Jesus says to him, now, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What he says is, I'm trying to take you from the realm of possible to the realm of impossible. My push is for us, for us is this, that you will begin to believe God for stuff that's out of your reach. You've been only believing God for stuff that you can do. Stuff that was in within your ability or your reason or in, uh, within your intellectual capacity. Things that were uh, in your, your pay grade. Things that were in your educational range. You've just been believing God for that stuff. Well, how about you start really putting your faith to work and believing God for stuff that's beyond your intellectual scope. That's beyond your vocabulary. That's beyond your ability and your reason, your reach. Believe God for stuff that other people say is impossible. And then when those people begin to question you, you think you can say what he said. With God, with man, those things are impossible. But with God, all things are. So we have to move from the, 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 the land or the, the, the region or the realm of possible to the impossible. We'll believe in God for stuff. And we'll confess stuff. We'll even say stuff. But with our heart, we don't really believe. We'll say stuff and we'll say, well, you know, I'm trusting God for that. But you've already began to make a way of escape if it does not work out for you. You believe in God for this, but you didn't put all your eggs in that basket. Because there's an old saying that's cliche, well, you can, you always got to have a plan B. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. And so that's caused us to not fully trust God because we don't, we don't put all our eggs in one basket. So we're not going to fully trust him. We're going to say we trust him. But then we're gonna already have something working on this side. Right. Just in case he don't come through, I know I got this as a backup plan. Look at somebody tell them your face shouldn't have a backup plan. How long are we gonna be comfortable in the realm of possible? Allowing the things that we see. Allowing our circumstances and what we call our reality uh, to, to dictate and to determine what we believe God for. God is a supernatural God. If God is a supernatural God who is everywhere at the same time, all power, all knowing, if he's all of that and my faith is in him, then that should mean there is no limit for me. If, all, if he says all things are possible, then that means there are no more impossibilities for me. And the more I read his word and the more I study, the greater my confidence goes and I begin to try out what he said. So I just start speaking of stuff just to see if it works for me. So when it starts raining, I just say I'm going to stop the rain just to see if this will work for me. You start laying hands on people and prophesy just to see if it works for me.
for me. You start testing the faith because your faith now, after you've come through the test, I know that I'm in good standing. The Bible says after Jesus had left the wilderness, that the Holy Spirit came on him in full measure. Because now God understands, God knows I can trust him with anything because he's withstood the test. After you withstand the test, now you're ready to walk in your faith. Yes. Problem is we don't want our faith to be tested. I don't want to go through nothing. And then every time we go through something, we always blame it on the enemy. Can I tell you that every test and every trial that you go through may not be the devil. But you made a confession. And God says this, I'm going to get you in the shape. Watch this, because Brother Larry, what, you're made, what, you're, what your confession is and what you're saying is greater than where you are. And so you're not going to be able to maintain what God is taking you to with the same level of faith that you're at. And so he had to take you from faith to faith. So watch what he tells Paul. Uh, what he tells Simon. He says, look, I'm, I have to take you from faith to faith. When you come through this strength in your brotherhood, you're going to a higher level. You're going to a greater level, a greater anointing. And so this test is going to be great. It's going to try you. But when you come through it, strengthen your brotherhood. You're not going to be able to maintain what God is taking you to with the same level of faith that you're at right now. And so the only way that God can get you where he needs you to be and know that I can trust you with what I'm taking you to. I want you to have it, but I got to make sure that you can get it. Yeah. God make sure that you're not that you, just that you can get it, but that you can maintain it once I get it to you. Because watch this. We used to have this old saying that the same thing you took to give it is going to take the people. If you think that it took faith to get you there, it's going to take even greater faith to maintain that. So you can't just say, okay, I'm going to believe in God for this. Because there's been record, uh, recorded healings where people have been healed and then lost their healing because they didn't have the faith to keep it. You have to be able to maintain what God gives to you. And so we go back to this man in the Bible. We go back to this man. He says to him, if you can get past what you see with your natural eye. If you can get past your senses. If you can get past how you feel. And if you can believe God, then all things are possible for you. If you can get past yourself. You can get out of your own way. And stop saying that I'm limited because of where I'm from. I'm limited because of my family. I'm limited because of my genetics. I'm limited because of my size. I'm limited because I'm not that smart. I'm limited because I didn't go to school. I'm limited because I don't have this degree. If you will take all of those limits that you put on yourself, and what we tend to do is because we are limited in the natural, we limit him in the supernatural. So we begin to say, well, God, I, don't, I, know, that, I know that God is able, but... You ever heard people say that? I know that I know that God can work stuff out, but you don't really understand. Either you trust him or you don't. And what you must do is eliminate people from around you that can only see in the natural. Because they will pull you in the natural so quick and have you questioning why you're believing God. You have people say, man, you're going to sit around here and wait on that God who don't exist. You're going to sit around here and wait on God and you're going to be put out your house and this and that and all this other kind of stuff. If you're going to believe it, then believe it. But we have a team. We'll what if ourselves to death. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. We'll what if ourselves. We'll, we'll talk ourselves out of a supernatural blessing thinking about what might happen or what if. 
What if you just stand on the word of God and you actually get what you believe in him for? Stop thinking about the negative connotation and start bringing that positive energy into the situation. Stop saying, what if it don't work out? What if I look like a fool? What if I did so? What if I did? And start believing God. What if he gives you what you're really asking him for? Start thinking on that line and then say like Jacob said, We're looking for some people that will move their faith from the natural things to the supernatural things. From believing God for what's possible to what's impossible. I'm looking for people that will knock on doors that are not supposed to be open. But because you believe in the God of this world that I'm going to get what God has for me regardless of the doors that are closed in my face. By faith I'm going to access it. By faith I'm going to have it. By faith I'm going to... This is what the scripture says. The just shall live by faith. By faith. Yes. Now you got to think of how long ago this scripture was written. You or I were not there. So what he says is, if you're going to live, you're going to have to live by faith. Your very existence is by faith. That as you breathe, you take in by faith. He says the just shall live by faith, which says this, the moment that you stop believing is the moment you die. The moment that you stop believing is the moment you die. Let me have, let me share this with you. What the enemy wants to do, he knows that he's already defeated. Your faith is his greatest fear. Your faith is his greatest fear. And so what he is designing the trial to do is to rob you of your faith. He's hoping that you'll give up the faith. He's hoping that you'll question what God said. He's hoping that you'll quit before your breakthrough. He's hoping that you'll get discouraged by what you see. He's hoping that you'll see your son wallowing on the ground. He's hoping that you'll be discouraged by how you feel and give up on your faith. Your faith is his greatest fear. He knows that with that faith, you're a bad boy. Because now all things are possible for you. All things are possible to him that believes. So he understands if, I, if I'm going to do anything, I've got to get them to question, first of all, who they are. Because I've got to get them to question their faith in, them, in their own selves. So they won't ever try to figure out who they really are. They won't ever try to figure out who he really is. And if they ever figure out who he really is and how he feels about them. And that they live by faith. The just, the righteous, that's us, shall live by faith. That means that he can't kill anything that's connected to you. Everything connected to you has to live. Because the just shall live by faith. So you have to begin to speak life into everything that's trying to die. You have to be careful of the words that you let. You can't afford to speak what everybody else speaks. You can't afford to say what everybody else says. Listen, stop even using words like maybe. I, I, I think he will. And start making statements of affirmation that God has already worked it out. Religion has taught us that God we. That's right. The kingdom has taught us that God has. He's already fixed it. It's not that God will heal me. He's already. The scripture says by his stripes we are healed. Look at somebody and tell them it's already happened. What has happened is man created time to counteract 
your time. Your healing took place in eternity. Now you have to supernaturally access it by faith through prayer. You shall have what you say if you don't doubt in your heart. So what the enemy is trying to do is get you to doubt what God said so he can then bring that accusation against you. Now you're questioning because now you got to wait patiently and endure until the promise shows up. Man, I'm trying to believe God. I'm waiting on him and I've been waiting on him and I've been waiting on him. I'm trying to believe him. I know what you're saying about going from the supernatural, from the natural to the supernatural. I know what you said about my faith growing and I'm trying to believe God. I'm trying to trust God. But every day I get up and go to work, it ain't doing nothing for me. I get up and go to a job where I don't feel productive. I get up and I'm going home to a, uh, to a house where there's nothing but hell in the house. Do you trust him or not? You know what I'm saying? I've been living paycheck, paycheck for the last two, three years, and I've been believing God. And well, you got to get your faith. Because the moment that you start making statements like that is the moment that you start to doubt. If you believe God, then your statement should sound something like this. It's been three years that I've been living from paycheck to paycheck, but I believe what God said to me. And it does not matter if I'm living from paycheck to paycheck, I know that my breakthrough, my, my blessing is on the way. It's manifesting now. You begin to speak like that. The moment that you begin to speak the other way is the moment that God says, I tried to get you to pass the test, but you didn't pass it because you changed what you said. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. The just shall live by faith. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. The just shall live by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith. How important is my faith? Not only is it the way I live, but it's what I walk by. So I figure I need to I need to understand everything there is to know about this faith thing. Because if I'm gonna get the new that was promised to me, then I have to have the faith to bring it into reality. What you see is not your reality. Your reality is what God has revealed to you. Where you are living, your condition is not your reality. If that is your reality, then you are walking by sight and not by faith. We do not walk by what we see. There's another reality that's called the unseen realm or the spirit realm. Everything that God has for us is in the spirit realm. It's in the unseen. When you get to the point that the unseen thing is more real to you than the seen thing, then you've gotten to the point where your faith is grown. As long as what you see is more realer than what you don't see. I mean, you know. <laughs> You have not grown in your faith. I 
As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like this. The things that are seen are held together by the things that are unseen. Every idea started as something that was unseen, that was revealed to man by God and then brought into reality. So what God is saying to you and shown to you, he may say it to you in secret, but he's ready for you to speak it in the open. I talk to myself. He told Moses at the burning bush. In private, it was just him and Moses. But he told Moses, what I'm telling you, go proclaim it to Pharaoh. That's right. So God is saying, when you go into your prayer closet and I speak to you in private, yeah. what I say to you in private, I need you to yell from the rooftop. Yeah. That's the way that I'm going to get what I reveal to you in private to manifest in your sight is by you changing what you say in prayer. You pray, I give it to you, you come out and reveal it. Speak it until what you say is in your eyesight. Speak it until your vision begins to show up and you see what I say. Faith then is seeing it even though it hadn't manifested yet. And I'm going to hold on through every test, through every trial, because he told Abraham, you don't have a son. He told him that in private. But Abraham began to say to everybody, so watch how people start questioning. Man, you said y'all gonna have a baby, we ain't seen nothing yet. You said that it's been 10 years, it's been 15 years. Man, you told us that 20 years ago. You still saying, you see, you, you ready for your stuff right now. You want God to reveal it to you on Monday, and then you want it by the, by the next Sunday for it to be showing up at your house. You haven't endured any text. You haven't went through anything. You just want to get on your knees and pray, God, I want to do this. And then you get up, and the moment that it don't show up, or it goes longer than what you thought it should, you go right back to what you believe before you prayed that. And maybe the Lord didn't want me. Maybe he didn't have it for me. Or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I did something wrong. Ain't that what we think? Maybe I don't deserve it. Let me tell you something. Just because you're going through tests don't mean that you, you did something bad. That's right. Are you hearing? Y'all all need to hear this. Just because there's hell in your house does not mean that you did something wrong. It does not mean that somebody cheating. It don't mean that somebody lying. It don't. Just because you're experiencing the trials in your life does not mean that you are not living a life that is pleasing to God. As a matter of fact, you said that you wanted more of Him. You said you wanted to be closer. You said you wanted to go higher. And at that very moment, God said, okay, here comes a test. Let's see if you're going to believe me Because you've been comfortable driving that car You've been comfortable living in that house You've been comfortable doing what you've been doing But if I disturb you a little bit Can you trust me then? So he says to the father Don't ask me if I can do I have the ability to do But do you have the ability And the audacity to believe me Even when the crowd says What you're believing for is dead even the people look at what you're believing me for and say, you're a fool for trusting God. Can you trust him then? When the bottom is falling out and everybody has left you and all you have is your trust in God, can you trust him then? Do you trust him enough to, to, to look like a fool for it? That's 
what you talk about having faith. Everybody got faith when it's comfortable. Everybody got faith when it's cool. But when it gets hard, look at somebody telling you need pressure. Because without that pressure, you wouldn't be made. You wouldn't be made. Without pressure, you stay right where you are. But it's something about pressure that pushes you closer to God. Something about pressure that makes you seek Him out. That's what happened to the woman with the issue. That's what happened to this man in Mark chapter 9. When you begin to feel the pressure, now you try to get closer to him and it stretches your faith. Makes you grow. From faith to faith. Because God understood this one thing. If you're going to live, you're going to live by faith. Let me serve notice on you that the enemy, the devil, has not left the earth. He's still here. He's still here. And so are his demons. They're still here. And the only way that you're going to operate and live in this life is by faith. Because the attacks are coming. The tests are coming. The trials are coming. But what you have is more than enough for you to make it through. The moment that you started making those confessions was the moment that God said, okay, I got you. I'm going to take you where you need to go. I can't trust you if I haven't tested you. Not many of us would get in the car with a driver who hadn't passed the driving test. <laughs> Amen. But once you get that license, that shows that you've done what? You've passed the test. I mean, you've somewhat studied that book. You know the signs of the road. You know how to navigate your way. You know what's... You, you have qualified yourself. When you pass the test of life, now you are qualified for God to promote you, elevate you, or do whatever he needs to do through you because you passed the test. You're trying to get stuff that you're not qualified for. There has been no test. Can't quit in the test. Cannot quit in the test. Cannot quit in the test. If he trusted or tested Jesus before he could trust him, what make you think he ain't gonna test us? If he tested his own son, if he tested him, after he said, this is my beloved son, but he still has to be tested, what do you think that means for you? Do we have the audacity, though, to believe God? Last scripture, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I got two minutes to give this to you. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. 1 Timothy. Chapter 6. I want to start at verse 11. Everybody there? Listen to this. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. 
I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only pertinent the king of kings and lord of lords who only had immorality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting amen verse 17 charge them that are rich in this world this is what I want you to see that they be not high minded nor trust in uncertain riches are you seeing this because one of the things that I talked about was the source of your faith. See, a lot of us think that money will solve a lot of our problems. You're not hearing me. Money is not the solution to your problems. It might help pay some bills, but it's not the solution to the problem. Because and we'll see this in just a minute. As soon as they get the riches, their faith leaves the one who supplied the riches. And they begin to trust in riches more so than they trust in God. Watch this in verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Watch what he's telling them. Don't trust in your riches, but trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they do good that they be rich in good works ready to distribute willing to communicate laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life oh Timothy keep that which is committed to thy trust avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called which some professing have erred concerning the faith grace be with thee all of that and he's telling him number one you gotta fight the good fight don't chase riches and all of that stuff like he started in verse 11 he said but flee from those things watch what he tells him to follow follow after righteousness are you seeing this godliness, faith, love Patience, meekness. Then he says, you're going to have to fight for everything you get. you got to fight a good fight of faith. And I need you to tell them that are rich not to trust in the riches. But to trust in the living God. That's my same message for you here tonight. Is not to put your trust in anything outside of God. With God, all things are possible. The moment that we begin to believe God is the moment that everything becomes possible for us. We move from the impossible to the possible. That those things that we could not do and we cannot do in our own ability. As a matter of fact, I want you when you get home and you can start now. Start thinking about the stuff that you're believing God for. If it's easy, mark it off your list. Scratch it out and start believing God for stuff that you know you can't do. Start believing God for stuff that you know you couldn't get. In your own ability your own wit, on your own merit. Scratch all of that stuff out and start believing God for stuff that you know. Man would say no to you on, no to you concerning. If you're not dreaming that big, if you're not believing that big, 
then you don't know the God that you believe in. Because he's limitless. He's boundless. He's boundaryless. Amen. Remember what I told you about the object of your faith. It determines the quantity of your faith. As big as the object is that you believe in, is as big as your faith should be. And we know that we serve a great and mighty God. So that means that your faith should be just as big. Amen. By faith, we shall have what God has promised us. By faith, we shall access what God has for us. I even venture to say as we open the altar that without faith, you won't receive the things of God. Without faith, you won't receive anything from Him because the scripture says it's impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. Some of the things that you're going to believe God for, people are going to call you crazy. But the scripture says this we have a confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know, this is how confident He sounds, and we know that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And we know that we have, we already have, we have the things that we desire of Him. The Bible says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing, you shall receive. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 tells us to have the faith of God. Have faith in God. But we know that the translation means have the faith of God. Well, what is the faith of God? That I have what I say. That I am the God kind. And that my faith brings those things that are not into existence. Because I spoke a thing, it shall appear. My challenge to you is not to move from your confession, regardless of what it looks like. Your faith should be unshakable and unmovable because that's what he is and that's who he is. So if you've not been at that place, <clears throat> I'm telling you, my faith is, is, is stretching and I'm growing from faith to faith. The more tests come, the more I trust it. The more challenges, the more I trust it. You're going to be tempted to be frustrated. You're going to be tempted to be irritated. You're going to be tempted to be discouraged. But the challenge is to trust God. To believe God. That I don't care what it looks like. Say what he said. In Jesus name. Thank you, ministers. Good morning, Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. Good morning.